Welcome to the Day Before Leadership Podcast. I pray it encourages you to move from surviving to thriving in your leadership. If you enjoy it, make sure you subscribe and share it. Here's today's interview. Sam, what's up, man? Thank you so much for joining us. Bro, such an honor to be here. Now, where are you at? Did you say you were in New Orleans? New Orleans, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Honored, honored to be here, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you. We want to honor your time. Get right to it. With everything going on with COVID right now, what have you learned about yourself and what have you learned about other people? And what are some things you learned about churches? Wow, man. What a, what a question. I think when I think about COVID-19, you know, um, it, it, uh, I, I, think, I feel like we're in the season of the double pandemics, right? Uh, I said COVID-19 and then also kind of civil unrest all around our world today. And, you know, what's interesting about COVID-19 is that if whatever you were dealing with personally, in your marriage, in your career, um, regardless, it is heightened because of the sense of solitude um, and separation that we find ourselves in. I was listening to John Tyson uh, on Kerry Newhoff's podcast, and he was talking about the rhythms of rest and that in this season of, of so much craziness, we, we have to work harder than we ever have, but that means we also have to rest harder than we ever have. And he said, and that can be a tension because you can receive criticism for too much rest. It's like, oh, you're resting too much. You're not doing enough. You're getting lazy. But honestly, because you're working so hard, if you're not taking the right amount of time to recuperate and to, he talks about, you know, establishing a rhythm of rest, but even taking your rhythm or your current rhythm of rest and doubling that, um, and that providing the platform, if you will, um, for you to really recuperate. So I think that's one of the biggest things that I've been learning in this season is to rest at a high level so that I can work at an even higher level. Because when you work, you, I mean, you have to work. I don't know what it is about us being at home. I don't know what it is about Zoom. I don't know what it is. I mean, it would seem as if things would have gotten easier, but it seems like you're working harder than you ever have. It's like, man, what is happening as we kind of rethink this thing? So that's one of the biggest things. Um, I'll stop there in case you want to say something and jump back in. That's so good, Sam. Thank you, man. I, I, that's one thing God's done in my life. You know, I think about Psalm 23, the Lord makes us lie down. When my children don't want to go to bed, I make them go to bed. It's like a forced sabbatical. I feel he's <laughs> everybody on right now. But yeah. switch the gears, you, uh, you speak about taking a stand and taking, you know, uh, just being slaughtered online for taking a stand and how people are afraid to take a stand online because they're afraid of, maybe losing things in their life. Can you speak to people on, on that level of what it means to take a stand and how not to give into the fear of what you might lose, a relationship, a giver in your church, et cetera, when you take a stand for justice? Wow. Um, yeah, man, I think that one of the biggest lessons I've learned over these last couple of months, especially around, uh, the kind of Black Lives Matter conversation, um, the uh, the double pandemics, all of that, is that whenever you are standing up for something, it's always going to cost you something. And that's what I've realized. Um, I, I think, 
again, I'm referencing John Tyson again from this interview with Carrie. If you get a chance, go listen to it, brother. It's, it's an amazing interview. Um, but he talked about divorcing the fear of being liked, letting go of the fear of being um, un, you know, unliked in a sense. And he was saying that if, if you are married to this idea of, of, of likability and wanting everyone to always like you and everyone to always agree, uh, then you probably won't make a difference because people that usually change the world um, aren't liked by everyone. They, they always give up something. I always say this on the other side of sacrifice is greatness. That sacrifice even uh, is the conduit uh, that, that, that can pave the way to the miraculous in our lives. That when we sacrifice our own comfort, when we sacrifice our own um, desire to be liked, when we sacrifice our own uh, uh, mental uh, uh, fortitude or, or peace, if you will, um, uh, for the sake of advancing culture. I think even for us now, we sacrifice some moments of rest. Uh, again, you have to go back and you have to, 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 to rest. We already talked about that. But if you can sacrifice the idea of normalcy, which is what I think so many of us are looking forward uh, to in this season, um, then God can move throughout your life in a way like never before. We know that Jesus was the greatest example of sacrifice, that on the other side of his sacrifice, uh, the world was changed forever. Humanity was reconnected with the Father. We know the apostles always, they were sacrificing. I mean, many of them beheaded. I mean, it just, just these crazy stories of sacrifice that led to the advancement of the kingdom. And so if they had to sacrifice, we have to sacrifice. And so I think when we talk about taking a stand for justice. I think, I think the question that comes to mind that I think we, we have to continuously wrestle with, and I wrestle with all the time, especially when I am challenged with the opportunity to speak out on something. Um, the question is, when I look back on history, where do I want to say I lived? When, when, when I look back on my life, how, how do I want history to tell my story? Do I want to look back and say I was on the right side? Or do I want to look back and say, man, I was too afraid to make a difference. You know, we think about MLK. He was the most hated man in America when he died. He was the most hated man in America. Now he's one of the most loved men around the world. But when he was standing up, people hated him, but he made a difference. And so I think for, for all of us out there in this conversation, I, I'm not asking anyone to take a political side or to believe what I believe or believe what others believe. I think I'm asking for everyone to, to look deep inside and to say, what is God asking me to stand up for? And here's what I love about the truth. And here's what I love about the Holy Spirit. He will lead us in all truth all the time. He will do the work. He will show us what's right and what's wrong. And he gives us the ability to put down the lies that we like to believe to keep our comfort in life. Um, and, and, and he pushes us towards the truth. So don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe in. Don't be afraid to be a voice for the voiceless. Be okay with sacrifice. Cause on the other side of sacrifice, I believe is greatness. Amen. Amen. That's so good, Sam. Talking about a story, you're an author of an incredible book for the three people in the world who are, haven't already gotten this book, A Greater Story. <laughs> Talk to the people about what they can expect when they read this book. 
And man, it's just amazing. And and tell them a little bit about your story. It's uh, heard you mention before. It's about a six year journey. And so tell yeah. about how it came to be and what they can expect when they get it. Yeah, bro. So excited about this book, A Greater Story. Listen, wherever you are around the world, go to Amazon, get it. If you are in need of a greater story in your life, please support your brother. Uh, but also uh, get it if you if you need some inspiration, especially during uh, these perilous times. And, you know, the book is essentially about how God can take a mess and turn it into a miracle. That's what it's about, that he is still in the miracle game. This isn't the prosperity gospel. God doesn't always do everything we want him to do. He's not the genie, right? He's not a genie at all, but he does have the ability to turn a mess into a miracle. And I think when we define that, that word miracle, miracle to God in a moment of, of his will may look different from what we think it should look like, but a miracle it is. He is in the business of doing that. The Bible in itself is all about God taking chaos and bringing order to it, taking a mess and doing something incredible with it. And there are so many stories out there in which God has done that. I think even for, for all of us, at some point we were a mess, right? <laughs> uh, and now there are some people that weren't a mess and uh, that's okay. But, but, but for many of us, we were a mess when we met Jesus and Jesus stepped in our lives and, and did the miraculous through us. And the miraculous means something that we never thought he would do. He leveraged our, our sacrifice. He leveraged our lives um, for, for, for the, to make a difference that we look, many of us looking at, you know, David, you've got this podcast. I've got the book. I've got, I never thought any of that would happen. God took this massive man and is doing hopefully what I believe is, is, is something great and, and changing lives and helping people and, and all of these things. And God wants to do that for all of us. Listen, especially during this season, especially when we think that he cannot do it or that he is not doing it or that it's too dark for, for the light to come in. He wants to do it right now. This is his opportunity. And so in the book, we help people position themselves so that he can come in and do that through their lives. We call it on the platform of surrender. God comes in. As we surrender to him, he comes in. Long story short, we leveraged my story to do it. My mother was 21 when she had me and my twin sister. There's three kids already. She had three kids already. There's five kids age 21. Dad addicted to crack cocaine, all types of drugs. My mother was in the hospital, gave us up for adoption in hopes that everything would work out. We got adopted by this lovely couple. But when they came to adopt us, uh, the lady who was running the adoption agency said, you don't want to adopt them because where they come from, they're probably not going to be much crack cocaine, prostitution, all types of things. My parents formed a little bit of a prayer closet, movie called War Room, uh, where Priscilla Shire talks about the power of prayer. And they prayed in that adoption home, God, what would you have us do? And God said, they're going to be okay. These are your kids. They take us home in spite of the words spoken over us and raise us in a middle-class family, Black family on Auburn Avenue, um, where the birth of the civil rights movement here uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. And from kindergarten up to 12th grade, my sister gets all A's, uh, becomes an industrial engineer, goes to Spelman and Georgia Tech full scholarship, right? And I, I ended up, 
I was playing six instruments by 10th grade, doing ministry, and I'm here with you, right? I, I just, I made it, I got these books out. We're, we're reaching millions of people with my platform and with my uh, podcast and the television platform weekly. God, again, took a mess and turned it into a miracle. Later on, we reunited with our family radically on the Steve Harvey show after 25 years. It was crazy. They told us they didn't find anybody. We went on the set, they said, we're just kidding. How we got there was wild because my father who adopted us said that God told him that the Steve Harvey show was gonna help us do it. I thought he had lost his mind. He convinced my sister to write in. They called us a year later. Again, just the, um, the miraculous all over again. So we chronicled that in the book and so much more. I'm leaving out a lot of details to, so hopefully people can buy the book. <laughs> it's half story and it's also half uh, uh, preaching and principles. We, we give um, a formula for purpose and just kind of all these different things. But most importantly, we let people know how God can take a mess and turn it into a miracle. And I think in this season, bro, we need that so much. More than ever. More than ever, more than testimony. Everybody get this book. It is a game changer. Thank you so much, Sam, for your wisdom with that. Your testimony, your story is life changing. Thank anybody who's seen the clip, man, it's cry like a baby like me. And so thank you so much, man, for your wisdom. You're a world-class leader. You're making a worldwide difference. Who are some of the mentors, spiritual giants, I would call them, who have mentored you? And name maybe three mentors in your life and what's one thing that they taught you or showed you a model for you that you can remember, maybe in a one line, what would you say? What's the one quote or thing that they told you that has always stuck with you? Man, you know, I'll say something that I'm in right now that is really helping me. Andy Stanley, who big pastor, um, mentor for a while, friend, he, he really doesn't say he mentors anybody. So I just kind of got around them and started asking them questions, right? And he kind of, from a, you know, became a mentor in a sense but he wouldn't say that he was. But he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, Sam, what doesn't, let me, let me get it right. He said, Sam, what you don't kill in your 20s will destroy you in your 40s. And that was a huge statement because what he was talking about was not just overt stuff. He, he was talking about deep pain. He was talking about low self-esteem. He was talking about father wounds. He was talking about sin patterns and things that we have in our lives that um, may not be big to the outside world, but will, will hold us back. He, he, he was talking about a way of thinking. He said, Sam, what, if you, what, in other words, if you don't do your deep work, go back and get your trauma. Um, you're feeling lonely all the time, right? That's a, that's, that's probably rooted to something. If you don't deal with that depression in your 20s, and, and the same can be true about your 30s or your 40s. Like, the, the point was, Sam, do your deep soul, emotional, and mental work now. Because the longer you wait, the more potential it has to ultimately destroy you in the end. And it will, because that thing will grow and grow and grow and grow. And we've seen that with so many leaders today, haven't we? Where there was something that they didn't deal with from long ago that crept up. And I'm not, you know, I'm not here saying I'm any better than them. I'm, I'm saying at all. I mean, because we all have our own journey, all have our own battles. I'm just saying 
you know, as you are on your journey, wherever you are, whether you're a pastor, a leader, um, somebody wanting to lead, deal with your work right now. I'm, do, I'm doing my work right now. I'm, I sit with a therapist every two weeks on purpose because I don't want to miss anything. I'm just going, hey, is there anything about my childhood we need to look back on? Is there anything that I'm, any, any beliefs? And I want to kill everything in me now. And again, we'll be killing things for the rest of our life, but it is a little bit of the management around that as you progress um, to, to get it before it gets you. And so I would tell people that do your work. What doesn't kill you in your 20s will destroy you in your 40s. What you don't kill in your 30s will destroy you in your 50s, your 40s, 60s. Do the work right now um, to become the best soul version of yourself. I'll give you something else that has been really big for me. A mentor told me that, uh, and I'll leave you with this. He said, Sam, there's a difference between effort and results. He said, Sam, there's a difference between effort and results. And obviously, I don't think we can, you know, work our way into uh, something that God hasn't ordained. But I think the things that God has ordained for our lives, I think we, we have to be good stewards of our lives. But that was one principle that was amazing for me, because what he said is, Sam, you can spend your life running around and being busy and not accomplishing anything. Wow. He said, Sam, before you put any amount of energy into anything, figure out what your strategy is and figure out what, what, what does it really mean that, to create impact? What, what, is, what is a win? Figure that out before you start moving. There's a difference between effort and results. And that saved me a lot of time because in the, the past, I just thought, you know, grind, grind hard, grind hard. That's what I got to do. Grind, grind, you know, and, and I'll get stuff done. If I work hard, that means I'll get it done. But what, he's, what he said to me is, it doesn't matter how hard you work, if you're not aiming at the right thing, if you don't, if you haven't identified the target, if you don't actually have a strategy, if you haven't measured or identified a win, then you could spend your life wasting a lot of energy and accomplishing nothing. Wow, so good. Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. We want to honor your time. I wonder, would you mind praying for all those who watch, watching and listening to this yeah. podcast? that they will walk in these truths and that when they do read the book, that they would just be encouraged and inspired. 100%, bro. First, I want to say, hey, if you guys listen to David Ford, keep listening to him. He's the man. God is using this brother to change lives. There's a big future ahead. This thing is blowing up. And I said it, so when it happens even more so, because it's already huge, but when it gets even bigger, I want you to pull this episode back up and say, Sam said that God was doing something great. So y'all keep listening to my brother. Keep following him because he's going uh, in the right direction. God, I pray for every single person that has listened to this episode. They're in a moment, they're in a season where maybe they're discouraged, lost, um, trying to find their way to a greater story. And the greater story is what you have for all of us, no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, um, no matter where we find ourselves. A greater story is available for us. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. In the midst of COVID-19, civil unrest, death, people losing their jobs left and right, there is hope. 
when there is a greater story, if we will have enough faith to believe that you can do it, that you can move mountains, but that even if you don't move the mountain, you'll give us the strength to climb it, that you'll give us a new idea, that you'll hold us. Let us do our work. Many of us are listening and saying there are some things, some low self-esteem, some mentalities, some, some trauma that I faced as a child that I never went back and dealt with. God, I pray that you would give them the confidence and the courage and the resources to go to counseling and to go to therapy and, and even go to church, to call a friend and to get the help that they need to heal so that what's in them now doesn't kill them later on or destroy or stop what you want to do in their lives. Finally, I pray for David and this podcast that you would send it all around the world, that you would bring the listeners, that you would promote my brother um, as his effort aligns with your will, God. Let the results be produced in Jesus' name. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sam. You dropped gold today for all of us. God bless you. We love you. You the bad baby.